Welcome back, everybody. This is Rick Pettigrew, back again with the latest weekly batch of top news stories that appeared on Archaeologica. Send us feedback on the Archaeology Channel Facebook page or post a message on our social networking site, Archaeoseek. The surprising find of a Clovis site in Michigan makes it the oldest archaeological site in the state. Ancient burials in Chile's Atacama Desert show frequent evidence of extreme violence. An Aztec codex from Mexico contains the first known references to earthquakes that happened before the Spanish conquest. And a study of human remains found at Herculaneum, buried by Mount Vesuvius in A.D. 79, shows that men and women had distinctly different diets. The Audio News team would like to thank our friends for helping us continue the show without a break since we started more than 20 years ago. If you're not already a supporting member, please go to archaeologychannel.org and click on the donate button. Especially now, we can use all the help we can get. We encourage our listeners to check out Our Answer to Netflix, which is Heritage Broadcasting Service, available at heritagetac.org and just launched at the beginning of 2021. We now have 152 fascinating titles for you to binge upon with your smart TVs on Roku. Again, that link is heritagetac.org. And now, here's Laura Pettigrew with the audio news from Archaeologica. We hope you find this to be a valuable part of your day. Welcome to the audio news from Archaeologica. I'm Laura Pettigrew, and these are the headlines in archaeological and historical news for the week of August 22nd through the 28th, 2021. Our first story this week comes from North America, where an independent researcher identified a Clovis campsite, which is now believed to be the earliest known archaeological site in the state of Michigan. During the last ice age, most of what is now Michigan was covered in a layer of glacial ice up to a mile high. As reported by the University of Michigan Press Office, archaeologists hadn't thought the Clovis culture people, who lived across much of the continent 13,000 years ago, ever moved to Michigan. However, as the glaciers retreated, an ice-front environment developed that hosted the favorite prey animals of these early groups. Independent researcher Thomas Talbot found some of the distinctive Clovis-style debris in a farm field in southwest Michigan in 2008 and notified the University of Michigan. Talbot and a University of Michigan team have now confirmed the 13,000-year-old Clovis campsite. The discovery predates any previously identified human settlements in the Michigan Basin. Now known as the Belson Site, it appears to be a short-term camp created by a group that probably split off from the main group seasonally. The site was occupied by a small group of about six or seven people who camped along a river in southwest Michigan toward the end of the Pleistocene. The Belson site is about 25 meters by 15 meters, similar in size to other Paleo-Indian campsites. About 1.5 meters beneath the ground's surface, the researchers found an intact buried surface indicating the campsite. They also found more tools, as well as flakes of material that indicate the camp's inhabitants were crafting their tools on site. To date, the researchers have found more than 20 tools and hundreds of pieces of manufacturing and refurbishment debris. The description of the finds was recently published in the journal Paleo-America. The Clovis people were a Paleo-Indian culture who lived in the Americas between 13,000 and 12,500 years ago. Identified by their distinctive spear points, the culture eventually spread throughout North America. Clovis technology is easily identified by two characteristics of their tools. 
except in obsidian-rich areas such as Oregon, they primarily used a high-quality stone called chert, and they had a unique tool-making method. The type of material used at the Belson site is known as Attica chert and comes from western Indiana and eastern Illinois, some 120 miles away from the Belson site. Clovis tools such as projectile points and hide scrapers have a very characteristic central channel through the length of the tool, called a flute. The discovery of the Belson site demonstrates that people were in Michigan earlier than previously thought on a regular seasonal basis. Next, we're headed to South America's arid Atacama Desert, one of the driest spots on Earth, which lies tucked between the Andes Mountains and the Pacific Ocean in Chile. Analysis of skeletal remains found here show signs that the region's first farmers fought between themselves while struggling to survive in the harsh environment. As reported by Smithsonian Magazine, the bones of these early farmers provide clear evidence of physical battles. These violent outbreaks were presumably over the use of the few fertile strips of earth among the narrow valleys of the Atacama. A new analysis of human remains will be published next month in the Journal of Anthropological Archaeology. The analysis includes a discussion of the possible reasons for the frequent bloodshed, including shifting cultural traditions, climate changes, and limited resources. The victims suffered snapped ribs, broken collarbones, facial mutilations, and puncture wounds in the lungs, groin, and spine. According to the lead author, Vivian Standen, with the University of Tarapacas Museum in Chile, the research has been carried out over many decades. Out of respect for past cultures and their descendants, cemeteries here are no longer excavated. To understand the rates and types of violence, Standen's team analyzed 194 adult remains from the museum's collection. With estimated dates ranging between 1000 BC and AD 600, they represent the results of excavations carried out during the 1970s and 1980s. Physical examination and x-ray analysis revealed many healed wounds, indicating victims occasionally survived these attacks, as well as paramortem trauma, or injuries suffered around the time of death. The pattern and frequency of lethal injuries was astonishing, with roughly one-half of the injuries deemed potentially fatal. To determine whether the violence targeted locals or foreigners, the researchers drilled powder from the bones and teeth of 31 individuals with injuries and 38 individuals with no signs of trauma. Based on analysis of chemical signatures of these samples, the Atacama graves held no people from Amazonia or the Highland Andes. Whether or not they had injuries, nearly everyone appeared to be a resident of the river valley or the nearby coast. Other archaeological evidence of this period's violence includes knives and other weapons found in graves, and rock art depicting stick figures brandishing bows and darts. The remains found in the Atacama Desert provide a unique opportunity for further study of how organized farming, food scarcity, and environmental changes have impacted human behavior here. Our third story takes us to Mexico, where researchers have discovered pictographs on an Aztec document created in the 16th century that appear to be a record of earthquakes. As reported by the science website phys.org, earthquakes are frequent across the region and figure prominently in the cosmological view of the area's original inhabitants. 
The new research comes from Gerardo Suarez of the National Autonomous University of Mexico and Virginia Garcia Acosta of Mexico's Center for Research and Higher Studies in Social Anthropology. Suarez and Garcia Acosta began studying historical earthquakes in Mexico together after the devastating magnitude 8 Mexico City earthquake in 1985. Since then, the pair have systematically studied the country's historical earthquakes and now believe that the pictographs in the Codex Teleriano Remensis are the first written evidence of earthquakes in the Americas in pre-Hispanic times. They identified pictographs in the Codex that report 12 earthquakes occurring sometime between 1460 and 1542. The pictographs offer little information on the location, size, or damage caused by any of the earthquakes. Used along with other historical documents found in annals written after the Spanish conquest, they extend the region's seismic history into the 15th century. The research was recently published in the journal Seismological Research Letters. The Codex Teleriano Remensis is written on European paper, with explanations or glosses written by later commentators in Latin, Spanish, and Italian directly alongside the symbols. Codex writing was a pre-Hispanic system of communication using symbols and colors drawn onto long scrolls. The Codex writers were trained specialists called plaquilos, which in the original Nahuatl language translates to those who write painting. While many codices were destroyed as pagan objects after the Spanish conquest, a few did survive, and the pictographic style was used in new codices into the 18th century. Earthquakes, called Tlaloyin in Nahuatl, are represented here by two signs, Olin for movement and Tlali for earth. The Olin glyph is four helices with a central eye or circle. Tlali is a glyph with one or more letters filled with dots and different colors. In the Teleriana Remensis, the earthquake glyphs show other modifications, but their meanings are not yet clear. In our last story, we travel to Europe, where new analyses of the remains of people killed in the eruption of Vesuvius in AD 79 show that at that time, men and women were eating distinctly different diets. As reported by the University of York in the UK, Amino acid analysis of 17 adult skeletons recovered at Herculaneum revealed that the women ate more terrestrial animal products and locally grown fruit and vegetables, while the men dined on more fish. The research was conducted in partnership with Rome's Museum of Roman Civilization and the archaeological parks of Pompeii and Herculaneum. A corresponding paper was recently published in the journal Science Advances. The research team developed a new approach in the analysis of amino acids, the building blocks of proteins. By measuring isotopes of carbon and nitrogen in the amino acids found in bones, they could reconstruct the Herculaneum people's diets in much more detail than previously possible. Historical sources for the era suggest differences in who could access various foodstuffs across Roman society, but surviving written accounts provide little direct or quantitative information. The new analysis found significant differences in the proportions of marine and terrestrial foods consumed between males and females, implying that access to food was differentiated according to gender. Researchers were able to quantify the gender gap more accurately within the group, with males on average obtaining approximately 50% more of their dietary protein from seafood when compared with females. 
males also obtained a slightly higher proportion of protein from cereals compared with their female contemporaries, whereas females obtained a greater proportion of protein from terrestrial animal products and locally grown produce. According to the lead author, PhD student Sylvia Sonson of the University of York's Department of Archaeology, broad anecdotal evidence indicates that males had greater access to fish and seafood at Herculaneum and across Roman Italy. According to the senior author, Professor Oliver Craig, director of the bioarchaeology program in the Department of Archaeology at the university, this was a unique opportunity to substantiate what had been widely suspected but never before scientifically verified. The new approach to amino acid analysis also allowed the researchers to compare ancient diets with more recent nutritional records. The consumption of cereals was found to be similar in both ancient and modern diets. However, it appears fish and seafood made a greater overall contribution to the diets at Herculaneum when compared to the average modern Mediterranean diet, which has become increasingly dominated by land animal products over time. That wraps up the news for this week. For more stories and daily news updates, visit Archaeologica on the World Wide Web at archaeologica.org, where all the news is history. I'm Laura Pettigrew, and I'll see you next week. This has been the audio news from Archaeologica, presented by the Archaeology Channel. Be sure to check back with us next week for our next edition. You can spread the word about the audio news by clicking on the Share This link on our audio news webpage, or just by telling your friends. Thanks very much for stopping by. Mm-hmm.